As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. With the 11th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, my Chicago Bears select Justin Fields, quarterback Hogan Johns. Fields watches downfield. He's got a touchdown. Ohio State. Just the tradition here, the history here, the, the pride, you know, here in Chicago is just unmatched. Fields down the field. Caught for a touchdown. Make it five touchdowns for Fields tonight. I just love the energy already. I'm just, you know, glad to be a Bear and, you know, glad to be a part of this great city and great organization. From NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Hogue. A taller Russell Wilson or a more polished Cam Newton? Where do I sign up for that? And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. This is different than the Mitch Trubisky situation. This is different in a way than acquiring Jay Cutler. It's The Adams, Hogan Johns. It's unbelievable. And Johns. Let's begin now. Well, you guys were asking for it, and our guy Ernie comes through. That Justin Fields open will get you jacked up on it. (laughs) Ernie's the best. I feel like Bears fans have this Justin Fields. uh, They just got to get it, right? And it's an energy that needs to be there every single podcast. So thank you, Ernie. Bears fans have a fever. Yes, that's it. Justin Fields fever. And the... The only prescription is not a cowbell. It's more it's Justin. Ernie. It's more Justin Fields content, quite frankly. I loved. So we're gonna get into this. Um, uh, unfortunately for you, Jods, you are among the ninety nine point nine percent of the population out there that has not seen Justin Fields throw a football yet in a in a Bears uniform. That is true. That is true. Full admission here. I was not at rookie minicamp. I was in Charleston, South Carolina. With my wife and some friends, it was our 10-year anniversary trip, which was supposed to be last year, canceled because of the pandemic, scheduled this year. It's okay. I'm here to to learn from you. I want the, yes. the scoop. You saw him. You broke it down. Well, you started passes, I bet. I, oh, I did. These people, they just want to... I, I, I felt like... I actually went on the radio Friday with Danny Parkins and Matt Spiegel. And I like right off the top was like, okay, how many details do you want? Like, cause are we going over a little too overboard here with rookie mini camp? It feels like, but we set the ground rules. Everybody wants everything. I mean, tell me the angle of his arm. Tell me, you know, you know what his right bicep looks like, you know, what, whatever it is. 
there was a certain reporter uh, who will not be named said on Twitter that Justin Fields looked thick. That was a uh, wait a minute, something. wait a minute. If he tweeted it, why can't he be named? <laughs> okay, fine, Pat Finley. Okay, what a tweet! That. What a tweet! I might add the the, the quote tweets to Pat's tweet are quite hilarious. <laughs> I can't believe I missed that. Yes. I gotta find that. Well, it, it was probably just lost in the wash because once he tweeted that, it was just you know Twitter took over, uh, took over his tweet a bit and uh, had fun with them. So if you have not yeah. seen Patrick Finley's tweet about Justin Fields looking thick on the football field, um, please check it out and have fun with it. Sometimes I wish a tweet could be a soundbite. To add yeah. to the soundboard, because that would be a that would have been a good one. Um, speaking of which, we are planning a, a special soundboard episode coming up here in a few weeks. We'll get you more details as it comes. But usually, we try to do some type of special episode for you during the down period. Um, I shouldn't say a few weeks, so it'll be after veteran mini camp and all that. So probably mid to late June or something like that. But we're, we're going to get it to you. A lot of people have been asking for it, and uh, it should be fun. So I want to tease that. Um, and there's a lot to talk about today. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can read everything I had from Rookie Minicamp over the weekend. Uh, I had a, a full breakdown on Friday's practice of how Justin Fields looked. And uh, that's probably your most in-depth breakdown on, I guess, you know, I, basically what we saw in one rookie minicamp practice that we'll never probably ever talk about again after this podcast. But um, then I have a 10 Bears things out too. On a little bit more on fields, expectations, what's next, what's coming up, which we'll talk about here on the podcast as well. And then some notes on every single rookie because believe it or not, there were other rookies at rookie minicamp. Um, so that's all for you on NBCSportsChicago.com. John's, you were not there, but uh, your your colleagues had you covered. I know I saw John Greenberg out there. He was, was there two days so in a row. Got- Kevin Fishbane came out of the the woodwork there for uh, Saturday's practice, did he not? He did. He showed up in the middle of paternity leave to cover a practice. Do you feel bad about that? <laughs> not at all. Not okay. one bit. <laughs> I just wanted not to check. Not, <laughs> Fair not enough. One, not, not one bit. Hey, I don't blame you, man. Charleston, South Carolina sounds awesome. I had fun. Yeah. And you deserve your 10th anniversary uh, for sure, even if it was 11. Yes. Yes. Some because screw the pandemic. <laughs> exactly. Hey, we're fully yeah. vaccinated. Everybody in our group was too. Felt good. Felt good to be out. Hey, we're taking, you got to take advantage of this stuff uh, now that you're vaccinated. So um, I'll tell you right away my family, we're talking about doing Christmas in Seattle. Because the schedule came out, and the Bears play there on the 26th, yes, December 26th, and my brother-in-law lives out there. So I was like, well, why not just go out to Seattle and have a nice Christmas there? Don't have to deal with waking up uh, at 5 a.m. on December 26th and flying out west. I like the idea. Well, Easter on the road is okay, but it's. Um, I just hope we travel again. I should just make that yeah. clear. Like I want to see these football games live again. Covering over TV was was fine, and listening to the analysis was it Brian Greasy last year? That became a little bit of a story with uh, Nick Foles. That, that was cool, but I want to be in the buildings. I think everybody wants to to be in the stadiums this year. Yeah, um, I definitely do, and it was good. So that's a good way to bring this around because it was uh, it was good to be at House Hall over the weekend and see Justin Fields throw a football. Um, 
I know you're going to ask me a little bit about that and what I saw. So before we get into that, though, we should talk about attendance because the second phase of the offseason program began yesterday. We're recording this Tuesday. So Monday was day one of the offseason program or of the of phase two of the offseason program, which is basically when it goes from meetings to they can actually get out on the field and do what Nagy was calling over the weekend class on the grass. You know, essentially walkthroughs. But take what you're learning in the meetings and then go out there and do it. Again, no contact, and it has to be what the NFL deems a teaching pace. Um, So not a full-speed practice. But the question was, who's going to be there? Because you got this whole thing going on with the NFLPA and them uh, encouraging veterans not to show up. And per our friend Jeff Dickerson, 70 players were there. And nearly perfect on offense. Uh, I would, uh, I, I don't know this for sure, I guess, but I would assume Allen Robinson is perhaps the non perfect um, player not there on offense or whatever. Uh, if there is one or more than one, maybe we'll find out those details, but that's not surprising. I guess overall, number of 70 out of 90 is pretty good. Very good. Very good. I, I feel like um, across the league, you're seeing numbers in that range too like 80 players in attendance. I am not surprised by this because voluntary, like they want you there. Let's be clear. They, they want you there. A lot of these guys have workout bonuses tied to this participation. I, I just, the, the NFLPA with the, those statements about having the majority of players not, not going there. It just seems so like, what what was the point? It, Cause obviously it was unrealistic. 70 is a lot more than the majority. Look, here's the deal. Yes, the teams obviously want these players there. But believe it or not, a lot of the players want to be there. They like football. A lot of them live in Chicago. They don't all leave. Many of them do. But some of them stay here. I don't know why, in the winter of Chicago. And they like to train, especially now, with this beautiful, enormous Hallis Hall, with all these facilities and all this food and everything you could possibly need to be a good football player is right there in that building. And so players want, I'm not saying all of them, but a lot of them want to be there. And beyond that, most of them need to be there. It's not just the team saying, hey, you better be here because you know we want you to be here. It's these players, How many? what's the percentage of the roster that's locked into their job? You know, it's, Not many, it, yeah. The majority of the 90 players aren't guaranteed anything. Like if you're Anthony Miller, you better be there. If you're Javon Williams, you better be there. I I can understand if some veterans want to sit this out, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Like if Danny Trevathan doesn't want to be there, Akeem Hicks, you've been through this. That's fine. Right. I get it. But these young guys, these bubble guys, especially on the offensive side of the ball where you have a new quarterback, maybe you've heard of him, Justin Fields. Might want to get in the building, meet yeah. the kid. And, and another point in terms of like th- this whole conversation we're having is because of COVID concerns, right? I would almost argue that going to House Hall is safer in terms of COVID than going anywhere else because of the protocols that were in place and have been in place since last year. It's the testing, it's the cleaning, all that stuff is in place still at House Hall. Coaches are getting vaccinated. All in place at Hallis Hall. You can get vaccinated at Hallis Hall. It's it's just all there. 
all there for you. It's not about COVID. I mean, that. in fact, J.C. Treader, the NFLPA president, um, admitted as much. You know, this is, they already signed the CBA, and this isn't really a uh, argument against what they signed. It's not like a year later they're, you know, regretting what they signed. Maybe they are a little bit, but this is just about emphasizing that voluntary means voluntary. So I do understand where they're coming from on that. I just think it's unrealistic to expect a major boycott because for all the reasons we just laid out, we don't need to say it again. There's just a very small percentage of players. And you named a couple names that I would say are in that percentage of players who can legitimately you know, be okay not showing up. They've earned their stripes. They, they can be trusted to train on their own. And you know they're going to show up to veteran minicamp and put their work in. And when they show up to training camp at the end of July, they're going to be able to pass that conditioning test on day one and be able to go. Most players who have earned second, third contracts and are getting paid that type of money have done that because of their work ethic. But what's also interesting is among that group, that minority, a lot of those players are in that position because they like football. They like working out. They like being around their team. They're good teammates, leaders, and all those things. So even amongst that group, a lot of them are going to show up anyway. Like Khalil Mack, right? So... Again, we're talking about just a, a very small amount of players, in my opinion, that have earned the right to not need to be there and also don't want to be there. So I, I get a lot of this is just, it really seems like a, you you kind of mentioned it's silly. I, 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 I yeah. agree. It's, it's a weird time for posturing. Like if you have a problem with the seventeenth game being in the schedule, don't collectively bargain it. it yes. It's, yeah. You know, it's just unnecessary posturing on in the middle of May. Yeah. Well, I think part of the reason they're doing it is because uh, there was no offseason program last year. There is some data that shows injuries were down. Seize the moment because there's probably never going to be another offseason like that again where there's just nothing. But I think arguing that there should be nothing. Is also wrong. Like I usually side with the players on almost all issues. Same here. But it, this, this to me is one where don't don't compare it to basketball. Don't compare it to baseball. Don't compare it to hockey. Don't say we're the only sport that has an offseason program. You're the only sport that's football. Football's different. Okay, it just is, and it's not just the physical stuff. It's the mental stuff. It's the installation of the offense. It's all this stuff that happens in the offseason. College football has a spring season. High school has spring workouts. Like it's just part of the game. And they do it at every level. And you're you get paid a lot of money. It is your job. I don't think it's asking too much to show up in the city where you work and do that portion of your job for that portion of the year when you still get the whole winter off. You still get a month, six weeks off in the middle of summer. Like I I just this is not an issue I side with the players on at all. You're gonna get texts from players. That's fine. <laughs> just kidding. I just don't agree with them on this one. <laughs> no, it's all fair. Actually, all fair. though, I do agree. I do agree. It's fine if it's voluntary. And if you are in that very small group of players I've talked about, and maybe those will be the ones that are texting me, who have earned you know, what you've earned in the game, 
and don't feel like you need to be there and you're still going to show up in July and August and be the great player you are, then I'm cool with it. Yeah. Like that's not what I'm arguing. I'm cool with it. I just I don't think you should be arguing that there shouldn't be an offseason program. Yeah. Some players this isn't even voluntary because the contracts they have signed. Yes. And the money that they want and the money that they will get if they show up for these workouts. And that's fine. If you want to negotiate that, like, okay, you need to pay me to show up and you've negotiated that, then good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Then you get, you know, you get an extra bonus for being there. So it's not that. It's just trying to argue that that there shouldn't be an offseason program or even pressuring younger players who really do need to be there not to show up. That part's the, I think that's the part that bothers me because that's not fair to them. And it's not fair to Jawan James who stays away and then he gets hurt. Now he's cut. Now he doesn't have a job. Are you really looking out for all the players Yeah. in what you're doing right now? That's the problem I have with it, just to be clear. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Can I ask you about Justin? Yeah, you want me to ask you about Justin Fields? All right. I remember Mitch Trubisky's first rookie minicamp. The fumbles, the, the eye rolls on the sideline from the media members and whatnot. So your initial impressions, like the, 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 the vibe you got watching him for the first time, what was it like? Justin Fields. Yeah, it was very positive. Um, it just was. So I, I've talked about this a couple times, but I don't mind mentioning it again. But my first impression was the same first impression I had when I was standing on Ryan Field pregame in Evanston two years ago, 2019, when Ohio State came to Northwestern on a Friday night and blew the cats out of the building. And Justin Fields was awesome that night. But the first impression was before the game even started in warmups and he's standing close to me. Wow. He's a big quarterback. Because he doesn't always look that way on TV for whatever reason. Like, yeah, he seems relatively tall, but he doesn't seem like thick always. But when you see him in person, what there it say? is. Pat Finley. <laughs> but he this looked thick on Friday. This this is this is getting right? out of hand, but but please continue. Yeah. Um <laughs> now you're I'm actually for, now you're no, looking no, for the tweet. No, 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 no. Here is, I've been actually meaning to look this up all weekend, and I finally just did this right now, Johns. This is literally the first sentence in my first rookie minicamp story about Mitch Trubisky. This is funny that I finally just did this right now. It only took one rep for Mitch Trubisky to botch a snap under center. Boy, that should have been, an, right there, that should have been an omen right away. Yeah, red In flag. hindsight, four years later. I don't want to come off like we're, you know, throwing a bunch of crap at Mitch here, but the I, I feel like it's important to note the difference. Is it not? To, I wasn't there. It seemed like a lot of people noted the difference just in terms of the demeanor 
the the fewer mistakes, the the way he carried himself, the way he performed. Am I right in, in yeah. reading it that way? Because that's what I read. Well, look, this, this is how I've been framing what happened this weekend. Okay, it's this is how coach. I just tell you, this is how coaches look at it. You know, everyone wants to know when Fields is going to play, and I'm sure in the back of Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy's head, that they they know that there's a good to decent chance Fields is going to play this year. But they don't know the circumstances of it. And maybe maybe in their mind, they're, I, I don't think that they've closed the door to week one, no matter what they've said. But they're, try, they're not going to get ahead of themselves, right? They really are going to go week by week here. And it is a legitimate process. Like that, it sounds like coach speak, but it's also how this stuff really works, right? So this was one weekend. It was the first step. It was rookie minicamp. And Justin Fields not only passed the test, he looked very impressive doing it, okay? So you just check that box, and you'd be happy about it. But when you compare it to Trubisky four years ago, you probably didn't feel as great coming out of that weekend. Or you might have had a longer list of things that like, all right, we gotta, we better get cranking here because we got to fix some of this stuff. Whereas not only did what I saw with my eyes over the weekend, but what you heard from Matt Nagy on Sunday kind of recapping the whole weekend – which just things seemed easy for him, right? Whatever they threw at him, whatever they installed, the huddling, which was a thing going into the weekend. Can he, can he command a huddle? Can, what does his footwork look like when he takes a snap from under center? Does he fumble the snap? I didn't see a fumbled snap all weekend. I just told you the first thing I wrote about Trubisky four years ago was a fumble snap, and he did it. Uh, that wasn't even with the center. Then he got under center later, and he fumbled it again. Not an issue for Fields. So these are all just small things. They don't determine that he's going to the Hall of Fame or he's going to be a bust either way. But it just is, this was the first test. It went really, really well. And you should feel good about that. Now the veterans are in the building. Now you go through two weeks of installs and class on the grass. And then let's see on June 1st, when they get out there on the field for their first full-speed OTA practice, what does it look like then when he's going up against much better players and the Bears' defense? Many of the things I heard from Nagy this weekend, especially with the the process of the huddle, getting in and out of the huddle, like I rolled my eyes at admittedly. Not not that Matt Nagy was saying them, but 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 we did hear them before, right? With with Trubisky, I think my problem with it is that we continuously heard them with Trubisky, right? Mm-hmm. You know, looking back at our coverage of him, how many times did Dave go and talk about getting in and out of the huddle with Mitch Trubisky? I felt like it was like a thing he said every single time we talked to him. Yep. The process of playing quarterback. Like when they stop talking about that with Fields, then you know some development or, or, or some stride, something different is afoot here. With Trubisky, like you knew going into it, like watching that rookie minute camp that he was going to take time. Had some talent, it was going to take time. The sense I get, again, from reading what you wrote and what Fishbane wrote, Greenberg wrote, is that there will be less time, less of a transition. Probably not even the best word for it. Less development needed for Justin Fields in order for him to reach the field. How about this John Fox quote? I don't know that we're quite ready after one practice to define Trubisky's career. Maybe he was wrong. Maybe he was wrong. Hmm. Hmm. 
Look, that's the thing. It feels different. Okay. Yeah. It's just like uh, it's it's it, and and it, it would have been disrespectful and unfair to define Trubisky's career based off that one practice. And the same thing, if if Fields had not come out Friday and looked like that, if he had struggled, if he had thrown some picks and just didn't look right, the same thing. It would you would have you would have said, and I would have written just like I did about Trubisky. You'd bring it up. You talk about it. You ask the head coach about it. You write a story about it. Hey, these were issues, but hey, this is what rookie minicamps for. You work out these issues. Was he okay. intercepted at all, or, or close to it? Who uh, Fields? I didn't see an interception. Yeah, I know Trubisky's been intercepted. He was intercepted no. in his first first rookie minicamp. No, I didn't see any interceptions. Again, no fumbles. I, I just everything looks smooth with him. That's how I put it. And it's the same thing when I go back to that 2019 game in Evanston. It just, the operation, everything, the throws, it just looks smooth. Now, it's not always that way. Like this year, the Big Ten Championship game against Northwestern. That was the opposite of smooth. It didn't look smooth at all. So it's not like it's always going to be like that. He's going to have ups and downs. And actually, Saturday, Saturday, there were some more ups and downs. Nagy said they installed more. So they put more volume in. They tried to run more in that practice, and things weren't as smooth. But it's not like he struggled either. You know, he fought his way through that. Um, so anyway, tested him a bit. I, I think before I ask you about the other guys, what I want to see in terms of like what's next, because the veterans are there. We're going to a couple OTAs. We're going to the entire veteran mini camp. Like we'll be there. Then we're in training camp. Like it, to me now, it's 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 who he's playing with, then how he's playing with them. Because I would think he needs to get extra reps. So you can't sit him behind Nick Foles. Like you know how like in Trubisky start, Mark Sanchez was getting a lot of reps with the twos. Sometimes with the ones, yeah. Mike Glennon was getting a lot of reps, and sometimes Mitch Trubisky would only get like two passes out there. Like eventually, like Adam, I remember talking on the sideline. Like, what is going on here? Like, what are they trying to do de- developmental wise? Like, what's the plan? What's the plan? I hope I'm, the plan is different. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I got asked about that yesterday. I said the same exact thing. I don't. I don't want to see Justin Fields working with the threes. You know, m- maybe in OTAs. Um, but when at least by the time training camp starts, when there's there's because there's just not enough reps for the threes. There's just there just never is never. like. It's like if the one gets 15 and then the two gets seven and then the that leaves like three for the threes. And that's just not enough. Um, but it creates an interesting situation with Nick Foles then. Who else you want to ask me about? Devin Jenkins. How do you look on the left side? Who do you go against? How do you do? No idea who he went against. Still watching fields, huh? Well, reminder, we're not watching the Bears roster at rookie minicamp. We're watching... Um, <laughs> All right, let me, let me rephrase Peter, the question. No, 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 we're watching Peter Kalambayi. Try that again. No. Okay. <laughs> let me put it this way, because I... Even Ladarius Mack wasn't even out there. He was, like, banged up or something. He wasn't even playing. Admittedly, I don't want to see the... Uh, we can't get a good gauge for Tevin Jenkins or Larry Borm until... The pads are on. The second there, the skills guys. Daz Newsom. No, hang on. I still have. Yeah. I, I still can say something about Jenkins. This is what I wrote about. 
same thing. I said, look, it's it. They're not even. I don't even look at the offensive linemen very hard until training camp when the pads go on. Okay, so it's not even just rookie minicamp at OTAs too. Um, what I will say about both of those tackles, they both look big. Like Jenkins, like Fields, I thought looked apart. Like looked like a guy who could come in and was right. Like I don't know how he's going to do once he gets out there in pads and he faces Khalil Mack in a, in an actual one on one pass drill. Like, but well, uh, I want to see that. Right. So I get back to, over and over and over again. Like Juan, you sound like Juan Castillo over and over and over. And, and yes, and they want to see that too. So get back to me when we get to training camp on that. Okay. But I did, he did uh, pass that like initial eye test in the same way that Fields did, just in terms of you show up on the field, you're standing 10 feet away from the guy. What does he look like? Does he look like he's in shape? All those things. Like it. Because we've seen, remember Eddie Goldman running off the field? Uh, I shouldn't say running off, like needing help off the field at his first, I don't remember if it was minicamp or OTAs, whatever. I think it was both maybe, but he was out of shape. He was dehydrated. Like, so that wasn't happening. That's a good thing. Um, what I'll say about Larry Borum, because he lost 30 pounds, right? So he's playing at 352. He got down to 322 by his pro day. Juan Castillo told us they want him back up to 332. I thought you could see that. Like I, that, that he needs to um, get more muscle. He's get thicker, right? Pat Finley. No, he needs to get that muscle tone back. Like you could just sort of tell looking at his arms. He's still an enormous guy. Like that's not a problem. It's just he's got to bulk up. You got to bulk back up now a little bit because I think he went a little bit too far onto the track meat side of the uh, combine. And there wasn't a combine, but pro day stuff. You know what I'm talking about. So those were my observations on the offensive tackles. And yes, at least in Friday, Saturday, I watched more of the whole team. Friday, I was zeroed in on one guy. Where's number one? It's easy. It is easy. How about Thomas Graham Jr., Daz Newsom, Herbert? Like, what did you see from the skills guys? Yeah, so same thing with Herbert where he looks. I just liked how he looked. But heck, even the running backs are hard to tell in training camp because you can't tackle them. So I almost have to go to the preseason games before you start really analyzing the running backs and the safeties. If I can inject. Yeah. We knew right away with Tariq Cohen, though. Yeah, well, he was kind of a special circumstance, I feel like. He was moving. Yes. There were some cuts he made that were special. Yes. Like so like Herbert wasn't doing that. What I liked about Herbert was he looked very smooth catching the ball in the backfield. I will say that. And that's how Virginia Tech utilized him, getting him the ball in space. And that's a big part of the Bears offense. So I think that part's positive. Uh, Daz Newsome made some, he was on the receiving end of some deep balls from fields. Uh, he made a really nice sliding grab with Kyle Sloter on a pass that wasn't really thrown that well that he caught. Graham's the interesting one to me. And I wrote this in my 10 things. Graham seems to me like he's going to be among the few rookies we're definitely talking about more in camp because I feel like he is legitimately going to be thrown in. I mean, I think the four guys we're really going to be talking about a lot are obviously Fields, Tevin Jenkins, because, I mean, it looks like the left tackle already. Borum's going to be legitimately competing with Afedi, I think, with Jermaine Afedi, although I think Afedi would be the favorite. So, but that's a competition we'll be watching. And then I think, whereas I say that Borum might not be the favorite to win the right tackle job, I wonder about Graham. I wonder if he 
if he might actually end up being an early starter and that slot nickel position. So that was kind of my big takeaway from him is for them to get him. Wasn't that the last pick of the sixth round? Was he the one that was in that spot? Whatever. I mean, late in the sixth. Very interesting player. Intriguing situation to me there. Him and Duke Shelley. Yeah. Maybe Kendall Vildor, but I think they like him mainly outside. So that, I think Vildor might push Trufant a little bit. And Trufant's contract is veteran uh, minimum, I believe. So Artie Burns is the same. So they would love that. The Bears would absolutely sure. love that. They'll, they'll give him the opportunity to do that. Both these, all three of these young guys, all three of them. Yeah, it's intriguing. So, um, trying to think who else. Charles Snowden, the undrafted. I didn't really notice a whole lot of the undrafted rookies pop. Um, but Snowden's interesting because he looks like a basketball player that wandered onto a football onto a football field, uh, and that's kind of actually his career. <laughs> he he wanted to play basketball, and he got more offers in football so he ends up playing football but like he's he's like six six and a half and then 234 or whatever like he needs to bulk up he's a project but he's an interesting project to me well it's like roy robertson harris four years ago that's a good comp did not see the field at all as a rookie by his second season contributor in a different position in the middle of the defensive line by year three a starter Situational pass rusher galore. I mean, he he was he became a good player. Just got paid by the Jaguars. So I mean, that was another undrafted hit for the Bears and Ryan Pace. And maybe that's what the plan is. Maybe if if Snowden bulks up enough, he ends up playing on the line instead of as an edge rusher. I don't know. Yeah. Edge is still concerned for me. I, I feel like they got to find something there, or maybe it's more on Sean Desai and his ability to scheme up things, but. In terms of concerns going into the offseason program, that's still one for me. Well, and uh, happy birthday to Robert Quinn today. Um, I don't like how they're talking about him as a situational pass rusher. Do you pick up on that when they, they talk about him? And you know what? They did that a little bit last year. But then why did still- you pay him the money you yeah. paid him? Like, that's yeah, not yeah. what you pay yeah. for a situational pass. You paid him like he's a three down player. That so is I just. A regrettable it's a, decision. It's just the vibe I don't like the way they talk about him. Like, yeah, we gotta we gotta pick and choose the situations to get the most out of him. And by the way, I'm not. I don't at this point. I think that's the right plan. It's just, it just makes their the signing and the decision to to give up on Leonard Floyd and and bring him in look worse. It's like they're trying to reduce expectations already. <laughs> well, that they should they should. I, well, they don't need help. They don't need to help with that. It's no, it's they're not high. Six sacks, five sacks. The Bears, the Bears would be happy to get. Oof, that's not good. That's not good. Um, yeah. So if that, well, if that's the case, then you absolutely have some concerns because that basically means it's Khalil Mack and a rotation of characters on the other side. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual menswear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention, and Roan stepped up to the challenge. 
Roan's Commuter Collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan John's polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Rowan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, and works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Rowan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash Adam and use promo code Adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash Adam and use code Adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Before we go, last question for you. Like, what do you want to see now that OTAs are taking over? I mentioned what I wanted to see just in terms of where Fields is. Like, from what you saw... On Friday and Saturday, what would you like to carry over from Justin Fields now that the veterans are there? Like when veteran minicamp opens up, what, what would you like to see? What would you be most impressed with that he carries over? Um, well, I hate to cop out and say everything, but it's sort of like I, I, it would be, and I'm sure the Bears would love to see this. If on June 1st, and I forget which day we're allowed to go, is maybe we don't get to go till the second, whatever it is when we, because we don't get to see all the OTA practices. June 2nd. Um, unfortunately. So we won't see the first one, but the second one, whatever it is when we're out there, if I see what I saw Friday, you know, cause this is a different level. Now it's the next step. It's, and he's probably, and he's not even going to be getting the ones, the, the one reps, right? So whoever he's working with, it's just same thing. Smooth, make it look easy. Drops, no fumbles, no interceptions, smooth throw. I mean, he did not throw. he, he, the ball was hardly on the ground on Friday. And I think only one of them was legitimately his fault. Like that is a really, really good practice. So if he takes that to OTAs where now he's facing the Bears defense. And even if it's the backup defense, whatever it is, it's still a step. It's a more, it's, it's more experienced in terms of a challenge. And you're going to see different coverages and things like that. And they're going to throw a little bit more at him. So it's just past the next test. That's what I want to see. And if it's a disaster, which is always a possibility, then then maybe that lowers the expectations a little bit for what we might see in the um, in the preseason in training camp. But I just think it's like, you know, just take these next steps and that's that so that's what I want to see. Okay. All right. I'll be there. Ooh, good. This time. not going uh oh, Charleston I, or I, I, I could do a little trip for this Savannah. Maybe maybe we'll see. No, that sounds nice. Man. Well, you know, and my big event for the summer was going to be the Chris Stapleton concert at Wrigley, and they freaking moved it to 2022. Crushed my soul yesterday. You'll be okay. I don't know if I will be. I don't know if I'll recover from that one. Uh, maybe more just play some. What's that? Tennessee whiskey? Is that his song? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's a song. And him and Justin Timberlake. Like my two my two favorite things together. Like there's just nothing better. Maybe Justin Fields though. Watching Justin Fields at practice. That's pretty good too. All right. Uh let's get out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue at Adam Johns. Thanks for Ernie for delivering another open. Thanks to our great producer, Kent Garrison, uh, for all of his hard work bringing this to YouTube. Check it out on our YouTube channel. 
If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button, hit that notification button so you know when we go live. Uh, we appreciate all of our supporters. Uh, you can get these t-shirts. If you're watching on YouTube, they're up on um, obviousshirts.com. Send us pics on Twitter. Yeah, send us pics. Yeah, we got a good one from your buddy in New Orleans the other day. Yeah. Um, and the Soldier Fields shirts are out, are starting to roll in. We saw some of those on Twitter, I think it was that yesterday or this morning, something like that. Um, so all those are up at obviousshirts.com. This will be our only episode this week. We're kind of getting to that point of the year. We'll probably go weekly a little bit more. Um, and then, of course, don't worry. Everything picks back up when we get to training camp and all that. We're going to have you covered with OTAs, veteran mini camp, all those things. Um, but this will be the only episode this week. So appreciate you listening. We will see you next week. See ya. Y'all stay Corona free, all right? And God bless. <laughs>